0: Hello, everyone, and welcome <clears throat> to what uh, what we believe is uh, our breaking Advent conversation. For those who may not know, my name is Damon Jensen Heitman, and I serve as one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Uh, joining me in conversation is the Reverend Andy Twyton, who serves as a pastor at Trinity Lutheran Church of Madison, Wisconsin. Andy, are you there?
1: I am here. Thank you, Damon. Uh, yeah. That's good. How are you feeling today? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, it's it's a cold Advent day in Wisconsin. And yeah, and I, I often think about you when I think about Advent waiting, uh, just because I feel like being friends with Damon, at least in my experience, has been a little bit like uh, <laughs> waiting, waiting for the coming of Christ, uh, just because Damon and I are... are you know, uh, old friends in a way, but we only ever hear from each other every few years and it's kind of out of the blue. And so I'm, I'm often waiting to hear from you, Damon, and so happy to hear from you uh, after a few years this time. So uh, uh, the, wait, the wait is over.
0: Yeah, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry to burn you off the, off the top. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's I do not I don't, yeah. I don't mind at all.
0: The, no, wait, um, the wait is
1: always worth it. It's good to reconnect.
0: <laughs> yeah i am um, that was very that was a very pauline way of um of of starting the conversation felt like oh yeah yeah it felt like uh I, I, I thank my god every time that i think of you and <laughs> yeah. Um, all yeah all these sorts of we're, things we're, we're philippian friends Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, we're we're Philippian friends, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, people might be wondering, Andy. Mm -hmm. I don't know who, but somebody. um, Yeah. Like, if they're just friends, (laughs) why are they recording their conversation? (laughs) (laughs) That that seems weird. Um, Yeah. yeah But here's why. I'll I'll attempt to explain why we're doing it, and uh, and it'll become more. obvious as as time goes on but it's actually fairly selfish uh, on my part if if I'm being honest right uh-huh. uh, so we're here and recording this conversation in all honesty because I'm kind of bored with Advent mm-hmm. and it's the same scriptures it's the same themes uh, yeah. it's the same songs every year uh, and I I would like to to break it open a little bit which mm-hmm. is why we're yeah calling this a, a breaking Advent conversation. We're not trying to destroy Advent uh, mm-hmm. in particular. Just trying to get, let's get some cracks in there. Let's mm-hmm. let some uh, some new light shine through perhaps, right? Sure. Yep. Uh, so to that end, I've recruited you as an accomplice. So um, no one should really hold you too responsible for anything that takes place here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank and our you. purpose uh, in the conversation so that folks know. As to spend time, we're gonna talk a little bit about things that work in Advent uh, and maybe some of the things that we feel that we are missing in Advent or, um, or we're, too, we're too far into a tunnel perhaps, yeah. uh, and, mm-hmm. and we can't see or pick any other options, right? No. Um, so <clears throat> one of the questions that we've kicked around in our pre-conversations about this is, I originally framed this to you as a, what's the sermon that you will never hear during Advent? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and why? Uh, and is there something in that sermon that, that we should hear or whatever the case, right? Um, what are the things that we don't talk about? What should, what practices can we add uh, or alter perhaps in order to expand our Advent horizons? And so all of those things are, are on the table for us this morning. Great. Um, did, they, did I set that up well enough?
1: Yeah, that, that's perfect. Uh, and just, just to say as well that I, I like the title, Breaking Advent, kind of as you were saying, not to um, you know break it down or destroy it, but to kind of crack open um, some of these symbols. Because Advent deals with these huge themes of hope uh, and waiting, um, which... I think it's kind of a wild season. We've got wild characters like the prophets and John the Baptist, but we tame it with kind of these, uh, we find a way to tame the wildness. And I I kind of want to unleash that a little bit if we can. Um, And uh, uh, I think there's kind of a sense in a lot of things that we do that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, But sometimes uh, to exchange cliches here, uh, sometimes you've got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet. And so I hope that we can kind of break open um, some of these symbols intentionally so that I uh, um, can unleash some of the uh, the wildness of Advent. Because I think, I think we, we live in uh, Advent waiting, Advent hope uh, in so much of our lives, not just these four Sundays before Christmas. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what we can break.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's actually the only way I've ever made
1: an omelet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, that's probably, probably best. Are there there other ways? You know, that's a good question. Uh, 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 Probably not good ways. (laughs) Probably don't end up
0: with a great omelet. (laughs) Um, So I think it would be, I I really like this idea of the, um, we sidestep or don't know what to do with the, with the wildness uh, Mm -hmm. and the unexpectedness, or we've just heard it so much by this point that it doesn't strike us as, as unexpected. Uh, So I've written that down. I've circled it. I want to come back to it. Sure. Um, But I'm thinking maybe a good way for us to start is to talk a little bit about the things of Advent that, um, that, that we really like uh, that, that really work for us. Um, yeah. and you talked a little bit about, you know, the big themes of, mm-hmm. um, well, I'm mean, going to put traditionally in quotes here.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, hope, peace, love, and joy. Yeah. But maybe just in general, the Advent season, um, what are the things that really can connect with you spiritually about Advent as, as is?
1: Yeah. Well, I love, uh, I, I love the kind of the deep color blue that's in a lot of sanctuaries. Uh, we were setting up for Advent at Trinity not long ago and, and the, the pyramids to use a churchy word um, are just, you know, you only get them out for a part of the year. And, and I, I love the, the, the richness of the, of the blue of, of our decorations at least. Um, likewise, uh, I like the music of Advent in that it's, off, it's kind of one of those times of year where we kind of dwell in, in a minor key um, sometimes I think we maybe to resolution a little bit too much, but, uh, you know, I think of Ocome Come, O Come Emmanuel and some of those other Advent hymns that, uh, uh, uh that allow us to sit, sit in a different space and a different, um, kind of minor sense of reality, uh, uh, which I think actually meets people where they're at sometimes more than joyful, joyful, we adore thee or something like that. Um, and then just finally, as I was thinking about what I love about Advent, uh, I, I do think it's a time of year where people do a little more faith formation and spiritual practices in their homes, or might be more likely to, um, you know, whether it's a an Advent calendar or lighting candles. Um, I think there there are these practices that sometimes get a little bit maybe cheapened by the the season with you know consumerism, where you get an Advent calendar with. I don't know what, what, what you have inside, whether it's chocolate or wine or toys or things like that. But, I, you know, I think there's something there in that people connect with this season of, uh, of waiting, of anticipation. And I don't want to poo-poo that because I think there is something happening there that doesn't happen at other times of year. It's not often that you can convince I mean myself or other families to, uh, uh, to do something daily around um, a season of the church year. How about you, Damon? What do you love about Advent? Yeah, it's it's not all
0: the time when folks are so eagerly anticipating a religious thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know, uh, you might. Let's see. You would you would buy. I'm trying to think what you would buy a month in advance, right? Yeah. Like like an experience that you're looking forward to a month in advance, if not more, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Like a concert ticket. um, Yeah you know some a big sporting event of some sort um a family reunion maybe or a vacation mm-hmm. right that you would yep. plan out yeah months in advance so there there is something about when folks are and yeah anticipating that what they're yeah. anticipating is a religious thing <laughs> yep yeah. yeah then there then a you know we do a an advent devotional that we encourage folks to take home and Mm-hmm. And, you know, say a prayer every day and, and light a candle. Um, yeah. And yeah, that sort of yeah. stuff. Sure. That's a lovely sort of a thing. Um, <clears throat> you're talking about the minor key sort of stuff. Um, made me think of in the bleak midwinter.
1: Oh yeah. Which,
0: um, uh, comes out around this time of year and generally, yeah. um, yeah. In the churches that I'm familiar with, um, yeah i like it i like when we in the northern hemisphere this works well (laughs) Um, (laughs) because like the day like we have less sunlight um we have these long nights um Mm -hmm. and and i really like uh what they'll call a blue christmas service or a a longest night service Yep. um where we really sort of intentionally give folks space to be sad um, yeah. or to, to grieve something or to acknowledge, uh, you know, the disappointments in life. It, it doesn't have to be the death of a loved one. It, it could be the end of a relationship, the loss of a job, the, yeah. um, the worry about a, a wandering, seemingly wandering child or, mm-hmm. or grandchild Um, um the, the loss of an ability of some sort yeah and I like the way during the season where that it's colder <laughs> these things just kind of go together in some ways um and and when we and when we actually invite people to just kind of sit in that
1: um, yeah
0: or give them the space too should they need yeah that.
1: um yeah uh, I like that yeah, it's time to time to get real. Uh, time to to uh, you know, rather than suppress those things, it's time to bring them to the surface. And um, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I like I like lighting a candle,
1: <laughs>
0: and yeah. uh, and having. It's also a good season for getting more people involved in worship services. Sure. Yep. Um, which you know you've, from. Oh, you all do a, an Advent wreath and light an Advent candle. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and, you know, so we'll have different folks from the church do that, um, and yeah, yeah, and just in the kind of general sense of
1: yeah,
0: folks, folks kind of the folks really want
1: to be in church. Yeah. At, at yep. this time of year, so yeah, just, I like just, those things. It invites participation, I think, uh, both in. Uh, you know, on Sunday service, but also at home, um, uh, which I, I think is, is a, is a beautiful part of the season. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I'm going to guess, you know, folks listening, playing along at home are familiar with the, you know, the, the, what have kind of become the standard Advent themes, uh, mm-hmm. for the Sundays, at least in the churches that I am familiar with and grew up in, um, yeah. Yeah, peace, hope, love, joy. Uh, you may do them in a different order. Yep. Um, I think folks are are familiar with a lot of the the standard scripture readings. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we get um, stuff from John the Baptist. Uh, we get to we get stuff from Isaiah. Uh, we get little, depending on the year, we get uh, like sort of prelude to the birth. uh from the gospels yeah Uh, we get weird apocalyptic stuff (laughs) that uh that folks don't understand are there any of those those sort of scriptures
1: that really stick out to you well i mean i think i referred to the wildness of these texts um and how we try to tame them and i and i think just the figure of john the baptist is is one that uh you know uh in some ways, it might be kind of nice for people who have to preach to jump over that, jump over John, and just start talking about the baby Jesus. But then we're given this guy uh, out in the wilderness, you know, yelling at people and calling them bruta vipers. And, and uh, you know, when you talk about people wanting to be in church, I think it's maybe we assume they're looking for some kind of ritual and comfort and those kinds of things. And then they come there, and there's this guy calling them brood of vipers. And so, I mean, if they <laughs> And you know, likewise for for the apocalyptic texts. Um, I mean, uh, those are are wild, and have such a, a, a kind of fraught history of interpretation um, that I mean, kind of wading into that kind of imagination is um, uh, can be scary or unsettling. And and I, I kind of I I both push against that and kind of like the discomfort of of some of these texts. And then just to add to these Old Testament prophets, um, I think sometimes there's kind of a traditional way of reading some of these texts from Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Malachi. Um, But if you want to crack them open, you you just scratch the surface of what they might have meant for their original context, and then trying to imagine how we're reading them Um, now as not a Jewish audience, but a Christian audience, and, and how do we, you know, honor that Uh, faith and tradition so i mean uh the overall theme here is that there's so much more here and i think it's a little bit unsettling and uncomfortable to sit with the wildness of these texts um and uh yeah so i'd love to to break them open more i mean in my preaching and in my in my life of faith too
0: yeah well you could give
1: you you i mean you don't hear a lot of brood
0: of viper sermons yes (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah We're going to have a we're going to have brood of vipers Sunday. Yeah. Uh,
0: why don't you all come down? Yeah. And, it,
1: uh, or if you're going to hear it, you're not going to hear it in the pulpit on Sunday morning. You're going to hear it on the street corner and you're going to try and walk on the other side of the road from that preacher because you don't want to go by the guy yelling uh, that you're a brood of vipers, right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't Yeah. I'm not overly interested. Yeah. In <laughs> don't really like seeing a garter snake in my yard yeah uh, yeah that's so uh, kind of an unsettling image yeah <laughs> so i don't really yeah yeah I, I think the um like the opportunity for self-reflection mm-hmm. is a thing that we don't do a lot of during advent yeah. even though it's mm-hmm. really called for i think yep. during the season right mm-hmm. uh, we think lent is kind of our season of self-reflection like well yeah. we did that we felt sad during lent yep uh we don't want to feel sad now um we're yeah. conflicted about ourselves right mm-hmm. yep even though my gosh is there ever opportunity to feel self conflicted during advent
1: yeah
0: <laughs> right <Yep. laughs> um i was thinking about it as um because so much of so much of advent has become a a countdown to christmas yep right
1: yeah
0: and and so much of it has been sort of co-opted by by popular culture
1: mm-hmm. and yep.
0: that it it well the the days on the calendar that we know of calendar as advent uh, mm-hmm. coincide with the days on the calendar that popular culture knows as countdown to christmas yep right and like so and pop the sort of you tell me what you think about this idea right the, the pop cultural understanding of christmas has to be like christmas is really a, a season of of self-fulfillment right mm-hmm. um like that's all the the hallmark movies those are those are really kind of all about the, you you should feel fulfilled during yes. this yep. season right yeah. Uh, because you're gonna get the thing that you really want uh, mm-hmm. if, that, if that's an item or uh, you you're gonna find love uh, you, yeah. uh, you're gonna be with your family and your friends and everything's gonna is gonna feel perfect and wonderful mm-hmm. um, But if we are preparing to encounter Christ right God's anointed messenger then, and really, it should be a season of self-emptying. Yep. Right. Like this, yep. I need I need to drain my ego.
1: Yeah. During
0: during this time, and and boy, like if that's not an opportunity to feel conflicted,
1: yeah. <laughs> about yeah. how I
0: about how I personally live my life.
1: Yep. Um. Then then, then I don't know what is an opportunity for yeah. that. But, yeah, we think of, uh, you know, you make, a, I mean, it is a season of, of giving. People often give to charity around this time of year. People give gifts to other people. But there's also the sense of, you know, you make a wish list or if you are you have kids, you know, you they write a letter to Santa and they ask for the things that they want. Um, but, yeah, it's a, that that uh, contrast between self-fulfillment and, and an invitation to self-reflection, Um uh, I think we maybe we move through the season of self reflection too quickly or too flippantly um, in anticipation of the season of, of self fulfillment. Um, uh, uh, on December 6th, churches often uh, remember St. Nicholas, and uh, uh, I saw a pastor online, uh, Pastor David Hansen, who had contrasted. Kind of the the ethos of Saint Nicholas versus the ethos of kind of consumerist Santa Claus. I don't want to you know uh, 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 spend too much time dissing on Santa Claus because I, I think that could go poorly. But um, but just to say that you know Saint Nicholas had this sense of of giving to the vulnerable and giving secretly and um, uh, rescuing people who were on the brink of of, uh, of slavery even. Um, and contrasting that with Santa Claus, who um, uh, gives to good boys and girls, um, which is really messed up when you think about how uh, gift giving in rich families is very different from that in poor families, you know, uh, and how different that is from St. Nicholas, who gave to the vulnerable, whereas Santa Claus, as we imagine him now, tends to give gifts in proportion to people's wealth, um, So, <laughs> which uh, yeah. uh seems backwards to that to that season of, of uh, yeah so the conflict between um, being invited into a generosity that causes self-reflection and self-emptying versus a, a generosity that is about um, wish fulfillment
0: yeah 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 I was the wish fulfillment is the is the phrase that I was thinking of and yeah you know if we if we take time to talk about the difference between um this i work with the high school youth here um a lot and one of the things that i will oftentimes do around this time of year is like to like talk about the difference between um things that we wish for and things that we hope for yeah um -hmm. and try to get at that deeper sense of the word i mean you can wish for new sneakers so. sure like you know that's 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 fine you know um
1: yeah
0: um but it's not let's, let's not call that a hope yeah <laughs> like, like <laughs> let's let's what what do you hope for this christmas um yeah. is different than what do you wish for
1: um
0: mm-hmm. <clears throat> commonly yeah i mean you can wish yeah. for good deep things too but yeah um but you know um yeah yeah i don't know i was thinking you're talking about john the baptist um you know, the, the john the baptist shows up looking insane right <laughs> um yep or <clears throat> um and preaching and preaching uh, and preaching something very specific, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, he's preaching, yeah. uh, baptism, uh, for the repentance of sins.
1: Yep.
0: Right. Like, <laughs> um, which is, uh, as he's saying, like, we all, y'all need to reorient yourselves. Uh-huh. Um, you, y'all are, you're facing the wrong direction. <laughs> you're curious yep. about the wrong things. Yeah. Um, you, you need to turn. So repentance, you know, this mm-hmm. most folks probably know this, uh, you know, kind of literally means to turn and face the other way uh, mm-hmm. and move in the other direction. Um, and so to think about that in terms of like, OK, let's shift away from wish fulfillment uh, and and towards this sort of self-emptying yeah. uh, generosity towards others, towards the vulnerable in particular um, mm-hmm. Towards those who are on the margins, those um, whose voices aren't aren't heard, um, mm-hmm. whose stories
1: aren't believed, um, yeah, the, yeah, those sort of things. Yeah, it's it's kind of the uh, the difference between um, you know a countdown um, to a pleasant evening and what I hear in John's kind of alarm about the world and the need to reorient ourselves is uh is that there's a regime change on its way the kingdom of god is near um the old powers are going to be passing away so it's time to switch your allegiances you know if you've invested yourself in cozying up to the rich and powerful in his time uh, and as he speaks to the centuries our time uh i mean it, it, it's a uh it's an it's an invitation to reorient reorient your life around a world that's going to be turned upside down. And um, yeah. So I, I feel like we need, we need his, his witness to, uh, to ring the alarm bells for us this time of year. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and so this, this for me, Andy connects to one of our other questions or, or one of the things that um, <clears throat> I think we may be, gloss over um mm-hmm. during the season of advent is waiting right yeah um, and you know uh, john the baptist is is preaching about this um it's, this, it's an apocalyptic view right of the world yeah. um yeah. and uh, and during advent we are mindful of the of the waiting that that we're waiting for the return of christ right? Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes we kind of play around with that a little bit. Um, we're waiting for Christ to, to enter our lives or or reminding ourselves that Christ can enter our lives at any moment that Christ perhaps already has, Mm -hmm. um, entered our lives and well, you know, your church history, right? And you know, your, your theological history and, um, (laughs) You know the Apostle Paul, who was writing almost immediately after Jesus' crucifixion, uh, mm-hmm. has this very apocalyptic worldview that uh, yeah. Christ is Christ is is going to return any moment yep. now, uh, and so uh, we just kind of have to wait until that it's going to happen within this generation. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he <Yeah>. says uh, <laughs> multiple times, um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so like if you want to get married, fine. Um, like you just can't help yourself, but, uh, really it'd be better just to wait cause it's, it could be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the, like that historical uh, event
1: of yeah. Christ returning
0: doesn't seem to have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, you know, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're able to encounter the presence of Christ, um, yeah. in our lives, uh, you know, and, and, and be able to know the mind of Christ, uh, in our lives. Um, but this, and so we, this, there's this thing about waiting that I can't quite put to words. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> right now that gets kind of wonky and, and we, and we kind of gloss over it, I think. Yeah. Yep. Also, um, yeah, because well, what think- we're, what we're waiting for I th- is Christmas day hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And we know at, like the Advent calendar. OK, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to stop. <laughs> no, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think we we miss the days as they are happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the Advent calendar is saying the big important thing is the 25th of uh, december sure. and these things in between are just kind of i don't know, you just kind of yeah. have to it's kind of have to mark room. them in some yep. way you know yeah um, but you know what's going to happen at the end yep. right? so that's not really waiting that's just
1: <clears throat>
0: yeah yeah like there's no unknown yep at, for us so, it seems at yeah. that right um and I, I think we miss being able to connect the idea of really truly waiting um, mm-hmm. with people's lives, like, and the things that they are really that they are really don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and and how hard that waiting is. And I, mm-hmm. I know that we've. I'm gonna
1: shut up now and get out of the way. No, <laughs> no Just just to add that uh, uh, there, there's so little risk to our waiting. Uh, I mean, I think to truly wait or even to I mean, truly hope for something is, is kind of risky. Um, and if it's just a countdown to Christmas, the, the, the stakes are pretty low. And I mean, just jumping back to the idea of kind of these minor key moments and songs in the season of Advent, I think there's a, a temptation to think that the minor parts of the song are only at the service of the, of the major resolution at, at the end of the song. And in a way, uh, I mean, Advent is four weeks long. Some, some, uh, some churches extend it to seven weeks or a longer uh, season of Advent. Um, but in a way, I think Advent is, is a perpetual thing for Christians who live now. Um, it's a, it's, it's actually closer to what the Christian life is like day to day. Um, Uh, than some of these other festivals and seasons. I mean, they're important because we need to be reminded of of those parts of the story and that there is hope and there is resolution. Um, But to to go back to your point about Paul, I mean, Paul described us as people who live in between the ages, uh, those on whom the ends of the ages have met, that um, we're living in this time between what has already happened in Jesus, Jesus coming on Christmas, Jesus rising from the dead, but we're not quite to the resolution yet. We're, we're stuck in this part of a song that's, um, that's a little more risky, that's a little more open-ended in a sense. Um, we trust that there is resolution coming, but if you look at the world as it is today, um, uh, I, I don't think we can safely say that Jesus' redemptive work in creation is over. You know, uh, we just had an school shooting uh, we've got racism, uh, and and all the uh, lives that have been ruined by that. Um, uh, and you, you go on and on, you can list uh, 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 event after event. Um, but if you look at the world realistically, I think we're living in a perpetual advent right now. We're constantly waiting for the resolution of the song that we know is going to come. Jesus has promised us that, but we're we're, we're in the waiting and it's a risky waiting because, uh, uh, uh cause it's not as, it's not a countdown. It's, it's a waiting in anticipation for a day that we don't know when it will come.
0: Yeah. We've, we've could have decided on the 25th, right. Yeah. All will be well. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. a peace on earth, goodwill to all, um, mm-hmm. we say, and, <sighs> and i and we miss so i've just written here when the promise of all will be well doesn't mesh with our lived reality yep right um yep. and and we don't we don't know uh, yeah. when all will be well or to be honest if all will be well yeah right mm-hmm. um yep. and and i was thinking have you ever i'm sure you have um heard a, a song that ends unresolved
1: i'm trying to think of an example i mean i, I uh but I, I know that that is sometimes a, a technique musicians will use to um, mm-hmm. uh kind of leave you yeah. in that it's an open-ended space yeah
0: yeah i love it it's yeah. like <laughs> my it's like one of my favorite things i um once upon a time i wrote a a little, a little song for a Good Friday service um, mm-hmm. that, and it ends unresolved. And I gave it to one of like my musician friends, and they're like, "You didn't finish this song." <laughs> 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 I said, "Well, yeah, because it's for Good Friday." Yeah, uh, and and Good Friday ends unresolved, right? Mm, yeah, um, and I just, and I, and I love it because. Like if that's not our lives, then I mm-hmm. then I don't know what is. Like, so many of our days end unresolved, mm-hmm. right? Whether we've yeah. a, a conversation like with our family didn't go well, or and we yeah. and, and we don't feel settled about it, or there's some work project, or or you know, or whatever it is. like um, yeah. I, I, our lives are just kind of unresolved
1: all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And And so I I, wonder if people need that more than a countdown to Christmas is uh, because I imagine, I mean, even those of us in the most comfortable uh, positions in life, um, even those of us with very happy Merry Christmases, uh, you know, with our families, uh, I think most of us and probably all of us at some point gets to the end of Christmas Day and still feel a bit unresolved about our lives, um, someone we miss, uh, questions about our future, um, experiences of loss, experiences of stress and worry. Um, uh, just to say that what are we counting down to? I mean, are we counting down to something that is going to be tied up with a bow, or are we uh counting down to um, starting the whole Advent experience over again. I mean, we need the sign of Christ's coming to remind us that there is um, hope, there is something to trust, that that there is God's presence among us in that, in the real moments of our life. Uh, but what are we counting down to? We're counting down to, uh, to more hope, to more waiting, to uh, to the rest of the song being finished at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Which boy, that's that's <laughs> that's kind of a tough one
0: to preach, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's my first
1: two one. <laughs> More waiting, everybody. More waiting. <laughs> yeah. Here, I don't know if you saw Kimmy Schmidt uh, the show, but yeah. uh, she was taught when she was in the bunker. Uh, well so Kimmy Schmidt uh there's this comedy with uh, Ellie Kemper? And uh, when she was um, uh, captive in a bunker, she was taught that you can make make it through anything that's ten seconds long, and so she used to count down to ten, and then she used to start counting down to ten again, yeah. over and over again. So maybe maybe that's that maybe that's the metaphor for Christian life: <laughs> is, uh, you count down and then you just gonna so, keep. Sorry if that's a bummer, but I, I wonder if it if it uh, uh, maybe names better. Um, what true risky waiting and what hope is Mm -hmm. that uh, it's, it's not getting all our, all of our dreams coming true or our wishes being fulfilled. It's, um, it's hoping for the redemption of creation, which we trust will happen, but we don't have a countdown for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, And we've been
0: using the, the word hope uh, fairly frequently over the last uh, few sentences and paragraphs uh, for the uh, court stenographer who's uh, taking beautiful (laughs) records of this. (laughs) And so, so it seems like now is maybe a good time um, to, to talk a little bit about hope Um, and, and the way that we oftentimes I, I feel talk about hope or think about hope, um, in churches during Advent is, is a very sort of vague, um, nebulous kind of a hope, right? Um, that, um, I honestly don't really know, I, um, if I could really describe, like, like, uh, on this, on the Sunday, that's the hope Sunday, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. um, like what are people thinking how are people imagining that word hope being defined um and i think that's this sort of vague sort of uh, we hope that all will be well um mm-hmm. in yeah. in christ we hope to find our salvation perhaps mm-hmm. Um yep. whatever that means Um, and there's this, that if the hope was, can, I think sometimes we're not particular enough during Mm -hmm. Advent, right? Yeah. If, if the hope was specific, if it was really connected to something, uh, Mm -hmm. if, if, you know, we hope to find the courage um to provide housing for everyone in Hastings. Yeah yep okay yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's do that. Let's talk about that um like mm-hmm. if it was connected to something um yeah. then I think I would I would find more in it uh, yeah as it is I find I sometimes I sometimes feel like it strays a little bit towards the uh, hallmarky uh yeah. Sentimentality that doesn't sure. really necessarily mean anything to me.
1: Yeah. Or or it's tied to kind of an otherworldly, like, well, we kind of have to make it through the, the fear dream of life, and then uh and then our ultimate hope is that our salvation will be a mansion in the sky or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. not to say that there isn't hope in that sense, in a way, too, but uh, but uh you know, what does hope look like day to day? And I actually think this is a, a spot where the wildness of the Advent texts kind of confront us with, uh, what hope is fairly well. And one of the challenges for us is that these apocalyptic texts, and even the preaching of John and the people who wrote down the gospels were written by, in large part, hopeless people, powerless people, poor people, uh, and, you know, those writers who wrote apocalyptic texts were writing with the boot of empire on their neck. And then we're reading from a position, many of us, uh, especially those of us who are white and male and straight and all, all those kinds of things, uh, privileged people, we're reading texts where we are we don't necessarily identify with those with the boot on their neck, but we are often those who have been a part of the boot that is on the neck of other people. And so uh, for, the people who wrote those apocalyptic texts, hope was very concrete. It was, we want to be free. We want to have some kind of self-determination. We want to live in peace. Um, We don't want to be abused. Um, And so it wasn't hard for them to think of what hope meant because they hoped, and the reason they wrote those apocalyptic texts is because the only way they could imagine a future for themselves was that God would intervene, that God would end the world as they know it and recreate it. And so, how do we uh, enter into that kind of hope? Um, and, I, and I think for people of privilege uh, like me, a lot of times it's trying to to look for um, and trying to identify with uh, the places of hopelessness. And, and I think deep down we all have that as well um, within our within our own hearts. But we need to connect with that part of ourselves and connect with the hopeless places um, of the world if we're going to understand what what hope is and and your word concrete, I think is the right, right thing. You know, what, what, uh, what does it look like to put ourselves alongside the homeless in Advent? Uh, right. Cause that's where, that's where, um, where hope uh, gets concrete and, and, you know, rubber hits the road. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I
1: think that's, I think that's the power
0: of being aware of the historical context of the scriptures, Right. Yeah, and and the social context of the scriptures uh, of the origin of the scriptures, right? Yeah, Um, and yeah, um, whose hope are we trying to join? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know, right that that the word of God when it comes down is usually uh, pretty particular.
1: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it comes down to to particular. Person or particular group,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: a particular context. Um, you know,
1: yeah.
0: uh, God provides manna in the wilderness <laughs> to the Israelites who yeah. were, you know, fleeing slavery in Egypt. Um, and yeah, and so and so that I think being aware of, yeah, whose hope are are we trying to join? Right. And and this connects to a a thing that I oftentimes (laughs) think and the danger in, in reading uh, scripture and literature from a, that was written by, by a minority Mm -hmm. from a majority point of view, Yep. right. Or or scripture literature written by the oppressed from the from the oppressor's point of view, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. it, it warps everything. <laughs> and yeah. then it becomes, a, can become a tool that you use to, to keep things how they are. Yeah, yep. Right? Yeah. Um, and, I, and one of the things that I, I oftentimes say, and I've thought about several times during our conversation, is this idea of this may not be about about me <laughs> right? like, yeah. like, like like this passage <laughs> of scripture may not be about me um yeah. and, and it may not be about you mm-hmm. and and so then who is it about yeah. um and yeah and and who in the world is in a is in a similar place yeah right um yeah and that's not always a <laughs> thing that we that we really like to hear right like um yeah and and we don't like to think of ourselves as well you know i i may be the villain of this piece (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, or if not the villain uh, like the bystander sure yeah well you know a couple weeks we've got um in the lectionary we hear the magnificat of mary where mary uh uh, sings, among other things, that, um, that God is going to tear the mighty from their thrones and, and lift up the, the hungry of heart and uh, going to feed the poor ones and send the rich away empty. And, and at some point, you have to figure out where you're standing in that vision. And, and I, not to say, and like you said, to be a, a bystander, but I think um, it is a call for people of privilege to figure out where you're going to stand in that narrative. Um, There's a place where you've been placed, and there's a place where you can choose to put yourself um, uh, and and the voices and the people you're in relationship with. Uh, I think of um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran theologian who resisted the Nazis and was eventually killed for that. Uh, Before he did all of his resistance work, he actually went to seminary in the United States, Union Theological Seminary, where he had an encounter with the Black Church in Harlem. And that encounter with a different way of reading the scriptures for a very privileged man um, changed his way of, of, uh, of looking at the world. And I think that's what eventually led to his resistance. Um, So, I mean, I think as we hear these Advent texts and at any time we read the scriptures, but especially the Magnificat, we can, we can figure out where we are in the story and where we choose to stand. Yeah. I I really, I think that's a really good way of, of, of looking at it and thinking
0: about it and not that our not that our place is set yeah right? mm-hmm. um but yeah and that again the opportunity for self-reflection
1: yeah <laughs> that we sometimes <laughs>
0: pass by
1: um yeah during advent yeah you know, what if in office? your your advent calendar um you uh you had a list of of, uh, of voices to encounter, um, you know, uh, maybe it's, it's uh, like a, a theologian like James Cone uh, who, who wrote The Cross and the Lynching Tree, a black theologian or, um, or you know, just ultra voices from around the world um, rather than a bit of chocolate, which is nice, but, uh, but maybe alongside that um, you expose yourself to, uh, to voices that you might other, not otherwise encounter.
0: Yes. Well, uh, uh, a spoonful of sugar may help the medicine go down. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, or, or a voice focused on environmental justice. Um, sure. You know, yep. Yeah. Whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. And um, OK, so now you've mentioned uh, an advent practice and sure. you've suggested an alternative advent practice. Uh, so this could lead into our third act of our conversation, sure. uh, following the little thing, <laughs> which is, you know, um, what, what, yeah. what I don't want to, I don't want to get rid of admin man. No, no. You know, um, so what can we add? What can we alter? Um, yeah. what can we, adjust, um, to maybe help us to insert a little bit more of, of these sorts of things into mm-hmm. Advent.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about, um, how in the church year for those of us who, you know, have various festivals, uh, uh all saints comes shortly before the start of Advent and all saints is a day where we remember those who have died. Um, in the past year or in our life. and A lot of times you light a candle um, to remember them. And so there's kind of this connection in my mind between the candles we light at All Saints and the candles we light in Advent. Um, And there's something about grief and lament that connects to me, for me, with honest hope um, and uh, an honest waiting. Um, I saw an interview with Andrew Garfield, who's an actor, a singer, who played uh, Jonathan Larson in the new movie *Tick, Tick Boom*, he did an a, a interview with Stephen Colbert recently, where he talked about his mom who had died, and he started to cry and 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 said, uh, a kind of reframed grief in in this interview as unexpressed love, um, and actually enjoyed talking about his mom because he loves his mom and and you know, the grief he was experiencing was this love he didn't get to express to her in this life. And so, uh, I wonder if there are practices of grief, um, you know, as we light candles, uh, maybe, maybe you remember someone who you're missing this holiday season, um, rather than suppress that, um, and say like, let's not talk about that. That's too sad to say like, let's use Christmas and the season of Advent as a chance to express our unexpressed love for this person and light a candle. So, so maybe just be, if you're lighting candles anyway, uh, take that as an opportunity for grief. Um, uh, Cause I, I think, uh, I think grief connects to those themes of peace, love and hope um, in ways that we might not uh, expect.
0: And I think that it helps to, to, it helps to give the hope specificity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. And and, and 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 okay and and now another step right if yeah. if during our worship services we took a, a moment or two and and offered corporate lament um yeah. for the things that that we look around the world and we and it's obvious that this yeah. is not the way that this should be yeah. uh, um and and we lament that and we mm-hmm. grieve it. You know, if, if we look mm-hmm. around our communities and say, "There's there's kids who are hungry."
1: Yeah, <laughs>
0: like yep. this is not how this should be. Um, yeah, and and during Advent we we recognize that that the world is not has not been made right, um, mm-hmm. and. And then that specific grief or lament, whether whether it's personal or corporate, um, then that leads to a, a specific hope, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so during Advent, we hope that the kids in this community will have food. Yeah. Um, and oh, by the way, here's, the, <laughs> here's how you give to the Hastings High Food Pantry. Here's how yeah. you give to, you know, these other sorts of things right that
1: um
0: yeah and we don't um we don't want to feel sad yeah yeah during the holidays in particular um yeah yeah so no I like that a lot yeah um go ahead I was just gonna say I was um I was thinking about um and you, you could weave something like that really easily into an advent wreath Sure, like call to worship liturgy, you know, yep. sort of a thing. Um, but I was thinking about um, alternative scripture passages. Um, if and I was thinking about, and this is going to, I shouldn't be surprised that this connects yes. to what we were just talking about. But um, I was thinking about the story of um, Shifra and Puah. Uh-huh. you're i'm sure familiar with shifra from you exodus yep, from exodus, yeah. exodus chapter one who they're hebrew midwives mm-hmm. uh and pharaoh has decided that there's we're getting to have too many of these um hebrews here mm-hmm. and uh and so pharaoh has issued a decree edict i don't know mm-hmm. uh, what pharaoh did uh mm-hmm. that all of the all of the male born um, Hebrew children uh, should be killed as soon as they're born. Um, And Shifra and Pua, uh, they don't do this. Um, And, and Pharaoh catch words of it and like, what's going on? (laughs) Why, why am I still seeing infant uh, male Israelites, um, Hebrew people? Uh, they say, oh, well, these, you know, they lie to Pharaoh I mm-hmm. say, well, these Hebrew women, they're just, you know, they're just full of such vigor that they give birth before we get a chance to get there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and <laughs> so that's a story that we, um, that we have opportunities to connect to. During yep. Advent, uh, depending on the year, particularly, uh, mm-hmm. and and right after and during like the first Sunday of Christmas as well, yeah, um, that, like, there I think is an example of a, a specific lament, right? Mm-hmm. Pharaoh has, all of these children are going to die, yeah, right? uh, connected to a specific act of hope, yeah, um, that. <laughs> that, is, that we miss a lot, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, and yeah. a
0: specific act of, of courage and faith, um, mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things, and and maybe we would yeah. never
1: be asked to do something as dramatic as that, yeah. Um, but to hold up that example and and hope that's um, uh, going back to the the difference between hope and wish fulfillment. Um, that hope is is something that invites action and participation, whereas wish fulfillment is something. And so uh, you could say that Shifra and Pua were were hopeful people, but they didn't just sit back and say like, well, God is going to save us on the 25th, so let's just wait until then. Uh, They they said, well, because we're hopeful people, we're going to find ways to subvert what's going on um, in in our context. I just wanted to share briefly this, this uh, quote about hope that I, I really like from the journalist, Rebecca Solnit, because I think it gets at this, this sense of hope and action. Uh, Rebecca Solnit's a journalist, so she's not writing from a Christian perspective, but I think she could be writing about Advent. Um, she says, hope is not a lottery ticket where you can sit on the sofa and clutch feeling lucky. It is an ax to break down doors in an emergency. Hope should shove you out the door because it will take everything you have to steer the future away from endless war, the annihilation of the earth's treasures and the grinding down of the poor and marginal. Uh, and I, I just think Schiffer and Pua are an example of that kind of hope. They didn't just sit on the sofa clutching, clutching a lottery ticket, hoping that it was going to, they're going to win. Uh, they they grabbed an axe and broke down the door to, to save lives.
0: Yeah, I love that quote. And I'm, I'm glad that you uh, <laughs> shared it with us. Right, And, and I think like providing little opportunities um, for folks to to participate in yeah. in the work of hope, right? Yeah. Um, uh, we we do like an Advent devotional. Sure. That we send out to everybody this year, uh, and this year I, I titled it "The Work of Hope" <laughs> because this yeah. has been uh, on my brain for a little while. Yeah. Um, and we we have a reverse Advent calendar in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and lots of places I know do this that um, so we have some partner agencies in Hastings yeah. um, and we get a list of what are the items that you need uh-huh. and, and we put out so on the first uh, go out and take a roll of paper towels and put it in the box yeah uh, on the second I uh, get some diapers put mm-hmm. those in the box uh, and then Sunday come to the church and there's a big spot you can drop them all off right um but that gets to that sense of i think right we can talk about hope and we can think of it as something that kind of gets us off the hook
1: yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. you know that
0: well all will be well let's yep (laughs) it's yeah peace on earth good to all that's everything's fine uh Yeah.
1: yeah or it can be a can be we something for that this. shoves you out the door. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Because you've caught you've caught a glimpse of what God's dream for the world can be. You can't you can't settle for the way that it is now. You can't settle for the world's nightmare because you've seen what God's vision of justice and peace and hope and, and love can be. So so you you're, you're not satisfied to sit on the couch anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah. That seems that seems like it might be a good, a good place to sort of, to wrap this up.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Now I do, I do need to mention that I, um, I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was mildly surprised. I shouldn't have been, I should have known that if I'm going to enter into conversation uh, about holy things with a Lutheran, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get a Bonhoeffer
1: reference. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, (laughs) you should have should have bet on it. That was your lottery ticket. That was a good bet.
0: (laughs) I should have had it on my little bingo card.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh. Did did we check any of the other boxes off? That's (laughs) but I didn't.
0: Um, Yeah, I. It's probably too late to disclose this, but I serve a Presbyterian church, and I'm actually I'm ordained in the United Church of Christ. Um, But I've hung out with a lot of Lutherans.
1: Uh, I went to
0: Wartburg College in waverly iowa good elca institution yeah and then hung out
1: with you at uh, lutheran camp for a summer so that's great yeah so you've got a, a good uh, smattering of of uh, of denominations there that's good yeah so
0: i know i know all the bonhoeffer stories
1: yeah <laughs> all the luther stories yeah <laughs> um, well not all yeah. of them. Awesome. enough enough yeah <laughs> there's only so much yeah um would you would you
0: like to close us with a with a word of prayer? Sure, I'd love to. Okay.
1: God, for whom we wait, uh, you have shown us a vision of what peace and joy can look like. You have uh, upended our expectations. You have. Uh, uh, interrupted our countdowns. We ask that you uh, would stir up in us a spirit of hope and waiting that we might wait alongside those in need of hope and find that part of ourselves uh, that needs a word of hope in this time. Uh, bless our Advent and, uh, and break it open for us anew this year. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, there we go. Uh,
0: Advent is uh, broken. <laughs> uh, nah, and now broken. we get to have a delicious omelet
1: that's uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lovely advent omelet yeah yes, that could perfect. be a new tradition
1: you yeah so a, big, going, a new practice yeah <laughs>
0: big advent omelet breakfast breakfast eat, right perfect yep it comes in uh, you know it costs them a, you know a, a boxed food item there you go get in the door and those boxed food items uh go to your neighbors or whomever yeah whatever the case you
1: you get an omelet out of the deal so you have enough uh energy to go out and do the work of hope uh the next day that's right
0: i like it that should work so uh thank you andy for joining in conversation thank you to anyone who may have listened uh and if we add music to this (laughs) thank you to petter
1: uh for The music. So, yeah, thank you uh, to Peter Johansson uh, from Broadhead, Wisconsin, or uh, Pastor Peter Johansson. All right,
0: very nicely done. I'm going to click the stop recording button. Uh, <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye.